Today, we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation, when a planet's devil figure returns to collect on a thousand-year-old contract. The Enterprise is claimed along with the planet. Can Captain Picard prove in an arbitration that she is not the mythical Audra? From February 2nd, 1991, it's Season 4, Episode 13, Devil's Do. Or, the devil went down to Ventex, looking to pull a con. See, she needed a dupe, thought she'd try John Luke, but turns out, he was number one. <laughs> oh, God, you're the worst. And the best. I'm Cam. That's Dan. And thank Christ we don't have to deal with Klingon Satan. Am I right? <laughs> This is quite a episode. It really is. I actually always really enjoy this episode because I think Marta Dubois is delicious. <laughs> oh, she's she's absolute delicious is the word. She's so she's just so dripping in villainy. She's just she's a real cad. I thought for sure she was a Q for a minute, but She's she's got she's got John Delancey level, you know, big big villainy energy as it were. Absolutely. But she also she's got a little bit of uh May West, a little bit of May West energy too. Come over and see me sometime. Oh, definitely. She's she is sultry AF. She's a camp queen and we all know we love camp mm-hmm. queens. <laughs> she she's so good at camp, she should be a camp counselor. She should. Or own a camp. Mm. <laughs> Let's call her mm. KOA. <laughs> Bugs the shit out of me that they spell camp with a K. I know. But I mean, since we're talking about pitching tents, here's the thing. On Stardate 44474.5, the Enterprise receives a distress call from Dr. Howard Clark, played by Paul Lampert, the leader of a Federation scientific delegation on Ventax 2, where the population is in a state of panic because they are convinced that their world is ending tomorrow. Join the fucking club, am I Yay, right? Yay, everything's on <laughs> fire. Yay. After the Enterprise arrives, they beam up Dr. Clark, and he fills them in. A thousand years ago, according to Ventaxian history, the population entered a Faustian deal with Ardra, the Ventaxian version of Satan, in exchange for ending wars and restoring the ecological balance and improving their heavily polluted planet, the population would become the personal slaves of Ardra in a thousand years' time. The contract's term is coming to a close, and the planet has recently begun experiencing earthquakes, as well as seeing images of Ardra in the sky. All signs that were foretold. As Captain Picard and Commander Data discuss the matter with the Ventaxian leader, Acost Jared, hashtag you basic, a woman appears in a chamber announcing herself as Ardra. She demonstrates her identity by starting earthquakes at will and transforming into the Klingon devil Fekir, or Grethorn. Ardra states that she has come to claim the planet. 
Picard is instantly suspicious and orders Data to examine the contract that supposedly was signed by Ardra and the leaders of the planet a thousand years ago. Picard returns to the Enterprise afterwards, and Ardra appears on the bridge. Sitting in the captain's chair, she challenges him to remove her. The captain insists Worf try, but he fails. She is beamed to the planet by the transporter chief, but suddenly appears as the ensign seated at ops. Just then... Data returns and confirms the language of the contract as well as Ardra's claim to the planet, including anything in orbit, which includes the Enterprise. Dun, dun, dun. Later, in a meeting with the senior staff, Picard expresses his belief that she is a con artist and points out that all of her alleged powers can be recreated with technology. The technology that they have, in fact. It's just delivered with more theatricality. Enter Dan and I doing anything. After the meeting... Picard goes to bed for the evening. As Picard sleeps, Ardra appears and tries to seduce him, but he rejects her. She transports him to a planet dressed in his PJs. Data comes to collect Picard by shuttle, after Worf is unable to transport him back the normal way. When Picard and Data attempt to return to the Enterprise, the ship disappears. They are at a loss and return to the planet. Citing a legal precedent, Picard calls for Ventaxian arbitration, which... Ardra agrees to, providing that Data acts as arbitrator, as he will act impartially due to his programming. Picard explains to the leader of the planet that the people had actually improved the planet themselves through their own gradual hard work, ingenuity, and dedication. However, continued demonstrations of power further claim that Ardra is indeed who she says she is. During the course of the hearing, Geordi and Dr. Clark discover that Ardra has a cloaked ship nearby, that she is indeed using technology to simulate magic, and that she is a known criminal. Picard sends an away team led by Commander Riker to take control of Ardra's ship, giving Picard control of her powers. He demonstrates the technology-based fraud and turns into a Klingon Satan. <laughs> and as a result, she is taken into custody by local authorities. Turns out she had eye implants that controlled the technology and uh, threatens Picard deliciously as she is taken away. And so ends Devil's Due. Marta Du Bois, or Dubois, depending on how you pronounce it. Dubois. It's got to be it Dubois. It has to be. Who knows? Who knows? Pure South Dakota, Cameron. Pure. Um, <laughs> she, she makes this episode. She's just. Uh, she is so good. Just a drama queen in the best ways possible. Her performance is perfection. It's the most memorable thing about this episode, for sure. I didn't remember how it got started, <laughs> although that's important, too. But tell me, Dan, what did you love about this episode? I loved, I loved the idea of somebody trying to con a whole planet. That's, that's fun for me. Right? I love a con story. The Sting is one of my favorite movies. I love cons, just in general. And I love... So that's why you like Wrath of Khan! Exactly. <laughs> I enjoy Picard doing mental gymnastics. I enjoy Picard's maneuvering. I don't love that we found ourselves in a courtroom drama again, but I appreciate seeing him outsmart his opponent rather than, you know, go the Kirk route and either sleep with them or, you know, fisty club them. Fisty club. Fisty club. So that's... That's fun. I, I, I like how Picard handles these sorts of situations. And to have the stakes get progressively higher to the point where the Enterprise disappears and all that, it's, it, that, that's fun as well. Like I felt the pacing was excellent. 
The escalation of issues was great. Guest actors did an excellent job. And while the focus is not really on the whole of the crew, everyone everyone does good work here. You know, we're, we're firing on all cylinders. They do. Uh, I, I love Picard's pajamas. Continue to love them. Right. Audra's entrance into his room was very Ghostbusters, very Gozo the Gozerian. Oh, absolutely, yeah. including the hairdo. Yeah, straight up, and the the like sultry transformation. I was like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> we're we're still definitely in the sultry hair equals bigger hair era for sure. Yeah, it's like if it didn't take a can of hairspray to get you there, it ain't hot. That's what sexy <laughs> is. <laughs> So says Gene Roddenberry. Cha-cha-cha. You see Nigel. <laughs> Hot. You see Magel Barrett walking around with a beehive. You're like, that's, eh, uh-huh. She knows. <laughs> she knows what hot is. I liked that they brought Deanna with them down to the surface for that hostage negotiation at the beginning. I liked that their issue of the hostages was resolved rather quickly, and Picard had to choose to stay and you know, help these poor ignorant schmucks. Indeed. Yeah. So it worked for me. It worked well. Was it my favorite episode? No. But it it functioned well. It moved well. I think if it were anyone other than Miss Dubois, I don't think it would work. I agree with you. It could be bad campy instead of fun campy. It could so easily have crossed that line. Oh, yeah. It could have have been, you know, shit. Who's the name of the ghost guy crossing over with... Oh, shit. What is his name? I don't know. John something? Like, talk to spirits. Your Nana's trying to reach out to you. She's saying, you fucking ruined my house. (laughs) (laughs) Was that to Clark? Could be. Or are you just suddenly a psychic now? I think I'd be a good psychic. I mean, I'd like to Mm -hmm. see it. Uh, What am I thinking right now? Penis. (laughs) Actually, no. Oh, man. <laughs> it's usually a safe bet. <laughs> Either mine or someone else's. Fair there enough. There you go. But also vagina. And whatever else you got down there. <laughs> Kendall-esque <laughs> mounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was actually thinking of the cold open for this episode. Uh, The cold open? The... Which was literally cold. Yes. I was deliberately not bringing that up, but... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I did too. I did did appreciate the conversation that Picard and Data had about acting. That That was very fun. The scene that preceded that, sure, why not? I... It's it's kind of hard to fight it at this point. I'm just just have to accept that they're like we're a bunch of theater people doing television. We want you to know that we're really theater people. <laughs> and is there a problem with that? I'm just saying. I mean, if we had a TV show, Data's Ebenezer Scrooge is pretty sniveling over the top. I don't know. I don't know how I felt about his Ebenezer. I liked it, but of course, go figure. What did you love? About this episode, Cameron? I loved the cold open, and I adored the talking. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it is just my inner theater nerd, but to be able to pull up a holodeck, and though building the set is one of my favorite parts, 
the snow falling was so lovely and the ghost was so so not something that we could normally get without a five million dollar budget and it just it made me happy i would love to see brent spiner's entire scrooge i would love to see him in the first scene to compare him to the ghost but since it was just the ghost scene it's kind of hard i adore all of the subtle nods in this <laughs> in this episode but i also most of all enjoyed ardra and everyone interacting with her it's my favorite i also enjoy like you the idea of conning an entire planet that's fascinating mm-hmm. because according to some conspiracy theorists that's what's happening right now well cameron Alien DNA and, uh, you know, demon sex aside. But it wasn't all Magics of Megas 2 throwbacks, was it, Dan? No, Cameron, it was not. <laughs> what did you hate about this episode? I'm sorry. I didn't like the opening. I didn't. I, it's it's fine. fun. It's campy. But I just, I was like, <sighs> Especially when they try to shoehorn it in and he's like, remember data, acting, we talked about that earlier. Full circle, huh? Huh? <laughs> that felt like a passive aggressive rewrite. Like the notes they got back on the script were, yeah, but the the cold open doesn't really do anything for the story. And they're like, fine, fuck you. We'll add a line. Um, also, as much as I like Ardra, I don't really like her outfits. I mean... It is 1991. It was a rough it is time. Very much 1991. The fact that we never met her crew, we never saw her ship, that was something that I just kind of missed that I wanted, but it's not necessarily a detractor. It's just sort of, you know, a missed opportunity, I'd say. I, I do love most of what happens in this episode. There's just points where it feels like it's just grinding on a little long. <laughs> Where it's just yeah. like, yeah, 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 I get it. She's like, she's bad. She's evil. She fucked everything up. But like, can you just just prove it already? The court, the courtroom stuff seems to drag. Yeah. I mean, there was one too many. And she just keeps doing the same things in each courtroom. Making the earth shake, changing form, making people disappear. Yep. I wanted some some new satanic powers. I wanted her to be like, and now I'm going to rip open the earth and all these souls are going to fly out. Like, <laughs> go crazy with it. It's like and then now do the closing I'm... number one from a chorus line. There you go. Thank <laughs> you, uh, A Sisyphean chorus line. <laughs> Doomed to perform forever. Ooh, and I tell you, those over 90 kicks are really rough. How about yourself, Cameron? What really was chapping your ass? Just little things. Uh, first and foremost, her appearance as our Satan was just... So bad. The worst. <laughs> and, like, Satan had a moose knuckle, but not what you would expect. And it's like, was that punishment for being cast out of heaven? The, the beautiful bird-like angel wings become bat-like leather wings, and they cut off about half his dick. Ah, uh, fair enough. Okay. I missed that when I used to be a biblical scholar. It's right. It's right there in the, the, book, of, the book of Lucifer. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the Dead Sea Scrolls. My mm-hmm. favorite. I forgot to mention that I loved that Worf was, like, really uncomfortable with seeing the guardian of the underworld who, you know, 
torture souls of dishonor, but there were all kinds of other things about her transformations that were just irritating. Also, I hated that they quoted P.T. Barnum and called him a a great guy. Hate that. Yeah, P.T. Barnum was a disgusting man. He was a despicable human being. That's why The Greatest Showman is kind of garbage, because eh, just make up a dude. Just make up a different dude. There's no reason for that to be a P.T. Barnum story. Yeah, nope. No reason. No reason at all. Like, I really enjoyed the theatricalized transporter, but I wish she would have done more with it. I mean, it's just, it's a bummer. Yeah. Also, I was really unsure as to why she was trying to seduce Picard. Like, if you're trying to trick an entire planet into giving you what you want, seducing the most skeptical person just seems like a way, or trying to do that just seems like a bad liability. Like, Picard doesn't believe you. Fucking him isn't going to change that. And furthermore, I think it just, like, exacerbated her problems like i didn't i didn't understand it from a character motivation aside from he's just intoxicating i guess i didn't i was like there's no reason someone who has methodically planned a con of an entire planet would say oh yeah let's introduce one more piece of the puzzle let's have let's do one more thing while we're here that couldn't possibly be a liability or screw up my very intricate plan and knowledge of the galaxy. I mean, she is well-versed. Her research department is top-notch. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, guys in, in office space. It's like spending all your time and energy avoiding doing work is a lot of work. It really is. It's exhausting. Uh, you're going to hate this little factoid, Dan, but uh, this episode was nominated for Outstanding Costume Design. Wow. <laughs> Out. Standing. I just, I loved the impulse and I loved the performances, but like the execution was just a little sloppy in some areas. Yeah. But you know what wasn't sloppy, Dan? The quotes. The quotes. Can I do Ardra since I apparently do all the campy women? <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> in real life and in this podcast. Uh, from the courtroom scene. Data. The advocate will refrain from making her opponent disappear. <laughs> also, the most <laughs> meta line of the series so far. Truly. Jean Luc talking about acting with Data, and he goes, Method acting. I'm vaguely familiar with it. <laughs> <laughs> but why would you choose. What did he say? Antique? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he says something like antique acting methods or something. I don't, I don't remember. Ancient, that's what it was. Oh, uh, yes, yes, Ancient yes, yes. acting method. Please do not take offense to these questions, Captain. You know how fond I am of you. Objection! Sustained. The advocate will refrain from expressing personal affection for her opponent. <sighs> Just terrible. But wonderful. Mm-hmm. Captain, I, I I wasn't expecting you here. Neither was I. <laughs> After he gets transported down to the surface. And he's in his undies. Uh-huh. I believe it is our job to out-con the con artist. 
Did she not even pick up one piece of trash? <laughs> I loved that. And I loved that right. whole argument. She didn't do shit to fix that planet. She didn't do nothing. Which, you know, brings up all kinds of questions about responsibility and intellectual property and blah, 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 blah. But I still find it fascinating. Yeah. Mr. LaForge, my reputation as a litigator, not to mention my immortal soul, is in serious jeopardy. Enterprise, advise Dr. Clark that the hostages are being released. This is Clark. You did it, Captain. Thank goodness. Goodness had nothing to do with it. Which is a Mae West quote. <laughs> Truly, though. Goodness had nothing to do with it. Thank you, Captain Picard. You've saved our lives. No, Jared. As I've tried to tell you, you saved your own lives a long time ago. Can't wait to hear this. Why, Why do you do doubt your senses? Because a little thing affects them. A, a slight disorder of the stomach makes them cheats. You may be a bit of undigested beef, a blot of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of an underdone potato. Why, there's more of gravy than the grave about you, whatever you are. Humbug. I tell you, humbug. <laughs> the worst portamento in the history of singing. Right there. Terrible. <laughs> a wise man once said... There is a sucker born every minute. P.T. Barnum. That's not true at all. <laughs> yep. Just have Mr. Data fetch me a shuttle. And have him bring me a uniform. Did you say uniform? Yes, I did. <laughs> Ensign, put up the shields until further notice. Yes, sir, Captain. Whatever you say. We are not impressed with your magic tricks. I pity you. We live in a universe of magic, which evidently you cannot see. When the contract came to term, I gained clear title to the planet. Anything on the surface, in the air, or in orbit. So you see, the Enterprise belongs to me now as well. Ba ba ba! And don't talk like some ancient prophet around me with these and thous and most powerful ones. It was appealing for a few centuries, but I bore easily. And stop cowering. When I want you on your knees, I'll let you know. <laughs> oh, you doubt me. A non-believer. Really, Jean-Luc Picard of the Federation Starship Enterprise. No doubt you have traveled the galaxy, encountered a diverse universe of creatures. Is there no room for the likes of me? I've encountered many who are more credible to be called the devil than you. The devil? Now there's one I haven't heard in a long time. If you wish this foolish arbitration, I will choose my own prize. And what would that be? You. By all rights, your body is already mine, but I want more. I want your heart, your mind, your soul, and I want you to give them to me without resistance of your own free will. So, do you still wish to pursue this most dangerous game? I agree to your terms. Oh, Picard, I will enjoy you morning, noon, and night. I just... <laughs> <laughs>
I I I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, maybe she hasn't lost. I mean, she's a known criminal, but she's still obviously free and doing her cons. So maybe she's like Danny Ocean, and she takes she sees what she wants and she takes it. Could be, uh, but I would much rather see her hit on Julia Roberts than on Jean Luc Picard. If I we're mean, going Ocean's Eleven, same. And why not go Ocean's Eleven? You would have had a lot more fun if you'd lost. Till we meet again, Jean-Luc Picard of the Starship Enterprise. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Cameron, Cameron, Cameron. Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. I'm feeling so invigorated and campy all of a sudden. I don't know why. I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeVille. <laughs> really does recharge you. <laughs> yeah, right? That's why um, Olivia de Havilland. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Olivia de Havilland. Yep, 104 years old. The camp sustained her. She was one of the campiest we have. <laughs> it's good to know. It's good to know that I'll live a good long life because of my sheer campiness. Mm-hmm. It'll keep you, it'll keep you strong, buddy. Well, Cameron. Yes, Dan. How many intergalactic devils would you give this one? Ooh, I'm going to give it three and three quarters intergalactic devils. I'm going to give it the exact same score. I'll be damned. It's just... (laughs) She was so deliciously evil. It was everything that I needed today. Is it a perfect episode? No. Is it enjoyable? Absolutely. Is it worth the watch for her? 100%. Are we going to keep asking questions like this? I don't know, are we? I guess we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it. We sure have. That just leaves one last thing for us to do. That's for me to wish you all to not just have a great week, but to make it so. And for Dan to say... Keep on track. Huh? Why'd you say you? No, I said they do. Oh, I thought you said you, and I was like, well, you. <laughs> sorry, no, no. I just like them. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, Have we switched? I spots? don't know. <laughs> Fire on ten forward, run, boy, run. <laughs> Bullshit with Adra's just begun. The ship is cloaked. It's out there in space. Instead of fiddles, Picard will play the bass. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. And outstanding. That's why I never prepare material. (laughs) I was a little... Because I do find Klingons very attractive in their own... Klingon-y way. I mean, well, yeah. But uh, they are very attractive. Yeah, not... They were designed they to were be. They were designed to be. Mm, Klingons have ridges. <laughs> Everywhere. Um. <laughs> Can you in your wharf voice say, ribbed for your pleasure? <laughs> ribbed for your pleasure! <laughs> I'm, I am a happy boy. <laughs>
Welcome to 1-800-Klingon. Oh, God. Not a Klingon phone <laughs> sex line. Be sure to enter your credit card or charge it to your data! <laughs> oh. So for the end credit bit, I figured I can just sob uncontrollably for like 15 minutes. <laughs> That's kind of what I got. Do some moment. camp. Do some camp right now. You'll feel better. I promise. And go. Oh, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> mm. I'd have to put my face on first. Mm. Well, I feel like I need a robe. It's because you do. Uh, welcome to Camp Camp. Here's your smoky eyeshadow and your unnecessary accessories and... Your first activity is going to be finding your serious voice. <laughs> so serious. We follow that up with erotic threats 101. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, can I hear a couple of those? <laughs> no. <laughs> you have to pay for the full seminar. It's $69. <laughs> <laughs> A Secret Weapon Production.